peoples of the worldwide federated internet. What's good? Today was one of those days where it was hard for me to get to my Bible. It was a struggle. I have those days. I think everyone who studies or does anything that requires consistency has those days. It was one of those days where I had to tell myself, all right, you're just going to do it. This is what you do, and you're just going to do it, and we're just going to get to it. And I'm definitely thankful I did, as always, when I get to my Bible especially on the days when I don't really want to, when I'm like fighting against it, I find that I actually get a little more out of it than I do the other days. So anyway, without further ado, the Gospel of John chapter 12, verse 32. Let's get into this. All right. Verse 32. And if I be lifted up, from the earth will draw all men unto me. This he said, signifying what death he should die. The Lord Jesus Christ right here, in my opinion, is giving the people some context clues for his death. Um, this is something I believe that once once he was crucified, buried and resurrected, the people that that legitimately wanted to know who he was, the people that legitimately wanted to know if he was the Christ or not. I think those people definitely believed on him after that because they had the context of his death, burial and resurrection against the backdrop of what he said to them on this day. Um, verse 34, is that where, I, that where I'm at? Yeah, 34. The people answered him, we have heard out of the law that Christ abideth forever. And now sayest thou, the son of man must be lifted up. Who is this son of man? Again, another one of those situations where there is a spiritual truth being conveyed using something physical, something tangible, right? And they're mixing it up and they're not really putting these things together. Now, the verse that they were quoting, I believe, is in Isaiah chapter 9. And we're going to go there. Um, Let's see. Isaiah... Sometimes my Bible app goes nuts on me and doesn't want to, doesn't want to open. So it is the book of Isaiah chapter nine, verses one. I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but I think I'm going to read verse one through verse seven, which is, I believe what they were quoting here. 
at least this is what my treasury of scripture knowledge refers me to. And I believe this is legitimately what they were referring to. Nevertheless, the dimness shall not be such as was in her vexation when at the first he lightly afflicted the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali and afterward did more grievously uh, afflict her by the way of the sea beyond Jordan in Galilee of the of the nations. The people that walked in darkness have seen a great light. They that dwell in the land of the shadow of death upon them hath the light shined. Thou hast multiplied the nation and not increased the joy. They joy before thee according to the joy in harvest and as men rejoice when they divide the spoil. For thou hast broken the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, as in the day of Midian. For every battle of the warrior is with confused noise and garments rolled in blood. But this shall be with burning uh, and fuel of fire. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called. Now check this out. Peep this. Now this is talking about the Messiah, the Christ that was to come. Peep what it says. Again, in the Gospel of John, so many things refer you to the deity of Christ. I'm going to say it again. And I told you I'm going to keep saying 100% man, 100% God. All right. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order and to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth even forever the zeal of the lord of hosts will um will perform this so they're quoting that verse and they're like yo what are you what are you talking about leaving the the messiah the christ the one to come that we know of his kingdom is supposed to be forever now again they're thinking they're thinking about the physical right they're only thinking about his his kingdom lasting in a physical sense forever and his kingdom is way more than physical this is this is a spiritual kingdom they're not putting these things together now again i believe many of these people upon his death burial and resurrection will play these things back in their head and i think these things will make way more sense and i think they will get it having that full context just my opinion. I think there's many people who believed on him at this time that we never heard about. Uh, where's that? Verse 35. Then Jesus said unto them, yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while ye have light, lest darkness come upon you. For he that walketh in darkness knoweth not 
whither he goeth. Now, the word light, simple word, a word I'm pretty sure you know the definition of, that ethereal agent of matter which makes objects perceptible to the sense of seeing, but the particles of which are separately um, in, uh, invisible. The Lord Jesus Christ is the very embodiment of everything that these people have been searching for. He is the embodiment of everything the scripture has said and prophesied. As he said uh, in, in, in the Gospel of John, search the scripture for in them ye think ye have eternal life and they are they which testify of me and his next statement and ye will not come unto me that ye might have life. And I think what he's explaining to him is the illumination, everything you want to know, everything that you have sought for, I am standing right here before you. Understand that while I'm here, receive this while I'm here, while I'm standing before you. Uh, verse 36, while ye have light, believe in the light that ye may be the children of light. These things spake Jesus and departed and did hide himself from them. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. The very miracles that the Lord Jesus Christ executed was enough illumination for them to know, oh, this is serious. He, he is exactly who he says he is, and this is no joke. But they were not getting it. They were not getting it at all. Um, and it's going to be explained why they weren't getting it as we read on. Uh, let's see where I'm at. Uh, verse 37. But though he had done so many miracles before them, yet they believed not on him. That the saying of Esaias the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spake, Lord, who hath believed our report? And to whom hath the arm of the Lord been revealed? Now, this is out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 1. Let's go there. Isaiah, chapter 53 and verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed. This, this, this thing about, about the scripture and the scripture testifying of him is so serious. It is right. The very thing that they have been reading of the very person that they have been reading about their whole lives, the very event that they've been waiting for, their whole lives is literally right before them. And yet they cannot see it. They cannot understand it. And they have no idea what's going on. Astonishing. <clears throat> it really is astonishing. But I can't, I can't speak from a place of judgment 
because the skeptic in me kind of tells me that if I was around during this time, I would be one of those people that now nah, you got to show me one more miracle, just one more. And then I'll believe I'm just keeping it real. Um, verse 39, therefore they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he hath blinded their eyes and hardened their heart that they should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. And that portion of scripture right there is out of the book of Isaiah chapter 29 verse 10 through 14. Now this is interesting. If you if you read these uh this this portion of the Bible and you think about what was going on at this time, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious crowd, I want you to think about their challenges to the Lord Jesus Christ and I want you to listen to what's said and tell me if this doesn't paint an almost perfect picture of the environment of this time. Uh, for the Lord, uh, Isaiah chapter 29, verse 10, for the Lord hath poured out upon you the spirit of deep sleep and have closed your eyes. The prophets and your rulers, the seers, hath he covered. So they got no vision. They have no idea what's going on. They're in the dark. And the visions of all is become unto you as the words of a book that is sealed, which men deliver to uh, deliver to one that is learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I cannot for it is sealed. Now, here's the thing. Somebody delivers you a book. You're learned. The book is sealed. And you're saying, well, I can't read it because it's sealed. Shouldn't your first question be? All right. Do you have the key to open this? It's not what they're asking. I think I think that's that's the idea. Like they're purposely not asking the right questions. Verse 12. And the book is delivered to him that is not learned, saying, read this, I pray thee. And he saith, I am not learned. Shouldn't the statement be there? Well, I don't know. Read it to me and expound. But no, the person says, well, I'm unlearned. Almost like they don't want to know. Wherefore, the Lord saith, for as much as this people draw near me with their mouth and with their lips, do honor me, but have removed their heart far from me. And their and the fear and their fear toward me is taught by the precept of men. Therefore, behold, I will proceed uh, to do a marvelous work among this people, even a marvelous work and a wonder for the wisdom of their wise men shall perish and the understanding of their prudent men shall be hid. Think about the condition, the conditions during this time, the Sadducees, the Pharisees, all of the things that the Lord Jesus Christ was doing. And the fact that these people were completely oblivious to the works of Christ. And I, I'm kind of leaning toward 
the opinion that they weren't oblivious. Um, how, how can I put this? They were oblivious purposefully. Like they knew enough to know if they, if, if the people who wanted to know really begin to dig, they will believe on Christ because you see how many people are we seeing the Lord Jesus Christ will do something. There'll be a miracle. He'll say something to the Pharisees and, and more and more people are believing on him. I think these are the people that were honestly digging for truth. They really wanted to know. And he brought them the truth. He, he said he'd answer knock and he'd open seek an answer and you'll get it. And that's, and that's what we see happening. The people who really wanted to know, they did know. They're getting the very answers that they were seeking. Verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him lest they should be put out of the synagogue. Now, again, this is one of those areas where I could come down to judgment. Oh, they should have confessed. But you got to think of the importance of the synagogue at the time, what it meant to people. This was like this. This this was your your social environment. This, this was the, 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 the place and the meeting place and the gathering that gave you purpose. So to be kicked out of that at this time, I could see how a person would be apprehensive to publicly proclaim Christ. If he felt like he would be kicked out of the synagogue. Although if a person at this time truly understands who Christ is, then this should have been a no brainer. But again, not coming from judgment because I can't say that I would have done different. Verse 43, for they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. Now we see the reason, the true heart of the matter, why they didn't want to want to confess publicly and why they didn't want to be kicked out of the synagogue. It's because they were more concerned with how they were perceived by men and less concerned with how they appeared before God. Jesus cried and said, he that believeth on me, believeth not me, but on him that sent me again, the perfect union. And he that seeth me, seeth him that sent me again, the perfect union. And I am come a light into the world and whosoever believeth on me should not abide in darkness. This is the manifestation of everything that the Old Testament was pointing towards. The Lord Jesus Christ is the illumination. He said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the father, but by me. And if any man hear my words and believe not, I judge him not for I'm come not to judge, uh, judge the world, but to save the world. This is what he came for. He came to save the world, but his very words will judge these men. He's going to get into that. He that receiveth me and receive, he that receiveth me and receiveth not my words. He hath one that judgeth him, the word that I've spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. This is something that no one will escape for. I have not spoken of myself, but the father which sent me, he gave me a commandment, what I should say and what I should, uh, what I should say and what I should speak. And I know that his commandment is life everlasting. 
who, uh, whatsoever I speak, therefore, even as the father said unto me, so I speak again, the perfect union. The Lord Jesus Christ really is, is answering all of the questions that they have asked of him, but yet some don't want to accept these answers. Some did, some did accept the answers, but some don't. I don't think that's really any different from any other time. There's people who will say, you know, either they don't believe in God and, you know, let's say there's people who believe the Old Testament, but don't believe that the Messiah has come. The Lord Jesus Christ has laid all the groundwork. They have all of the historical documents they would need to show them that the New Testament is definitely factual. I think some people just plain and simply don't want to believe. And it doesn't matter what they get, what truth you bring. They're not going to believe for this reason. I've learned when I got saved, I used to want to not debate, but argue with people, right? I think I was going to argue them into believing the gospel. Now I've realized when a person really wants to know, I'll answer any question that God gives me the ability to answer, but I'm not going to force a person to receive truth. I can't, I have no power to do that. If they want to talk, if they want to know, I'll answer. And if they don't want to know, I'll keep it pushing. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty people.